you can find out a lot about a person through their Instagram bio. Um, on Instagram, if you are unaware of social media, there is this little thing called a bio on your profile, and it kind of just gives people a quick idea of who you are and what you're about. Um, it could be anything from like Jesus to sports to just a random uh, a saying or quote. Um, it's been a big thing now to put in your preferred gender pronouns, all kinds of different things that kind of point you to who this person is, what they're kind of interested in, or if they're even interested in having a bio at all. It's just like a little glimpse to give you just a quick hit to understand who is this person, what are they about, and, and what are they doing. And in the church, we have things that are actually kind of similar to this. Uh, it's not Instagram bios, but we actually have this thing called creeds. Um, and creeds are these writings that, that have been written out that are kind of like a, a statement as to what Christianity is all about. Creeds are essentially um, a, a summary, an Instagram bio, as to what it means to be a Christian. Just like how people have a bio on their Instagram as to who they are and what they're about on their social media. In the same way, the creeds kind of act like that, where it shows you like who, who are Christians, who is this specific denomination, uh, what are we about. And the very first creed that, that was ever written was called the Apostles' Creed. And it was written right around the time of the Apostles. And, and, and the whole goal of it was to really clarify what are the essentials to being Christian? Like, what are the things we actually believe? What is core to being a Christian? Where if you don't believe these things, you're actually not a Christian. And so in this series, Creed, we are going to go over the Apostles' Creed. We are going to look at what is core to the faith, what the early Christians saw as absolutely essential. And here's the thing. Um, what's going to surprise a lot of you is what's missing from this. There are a lot of things missing from the Apostles' Creed that we today might think as essential that you need to believe this in order to be saved, in order to be a follower of Jesus. So it'll surprise you at what's actually missing. Um, but I also think it'll surprise you as to what's there. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, what's most important to the Apostles' Creed is God. And see, it's not just God as one being. It's actually this thing we call the Trinity. And the Trinity is a fancy word of, of referring to God and who he is. It essentially is referring to God being three persons, all separate beings, but also all one being at the same time. And this will blow a lot of our minds and make us stay awake at night because you're like, three in one? How is that possible? If they're three separate beings, how are they also all one being at the same time? Um, a way to explain it is kind of like this. It's kind of like uh, water where you can have like ice, water, and, and vapor. Or it's kind of like an egg where you can have like a shell and a yolk and then the egg white. And they're all like one thing but different. But it's also not like that at all. Um, and, and it's incredibly hard for us as human beings to understand what it means for God to be a trinity, to be three in one, to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also all at the same time, one God. And the thing is that we can't really comprehend it. Um, that we're kind of like a 2D Mario in a 2D Mario world trying to describe the person behind the controller. It, it, it's a three-dimensional world, a world that we can't even imagine. It's only something we can kind of begin to grasp. But this is what the creeds are all about. And it's what they want us to understand. They want us to understand the Trinity and how the Trinity plays into our own lives. They want us to understand who God the Father is, who Jesus the Son is, who the Holy Spirit is, and how they work together in saving, sanctifying, and using us as their church. And so this week, we're going to focus on the first kind of sentence in the Apostles' Creed, and it says this, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
And so what the Apostles' Creed wants you to understand this week is this, is that God the Father is our Father. So what the Apostles' Creed wants us to grasp is that God the Father is our Creator. He is the one who made everything you see and everything you have seen and everything that you will see. He is the one who, who took the chaos of the universe and brought order to it. Um, at the beginning of, of Genesis in chapter 1, it says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. See, at the beginning of time, what the Bible wants us to know is that the universe, and specifically earth, was just kind of like this formless chaos thing. That there were atoms and particles flying everywhere, and nothing actually really took shape or seemed to have a purpose. And what the creeds want us to get at and what the Bible wants us to understand is that God the Father is the one who saw all the chaos of the universe and all the atoms and the particles and everything firing all over the place. And what he did is he kind of came, brought his hands around it and began to form something. He began to take the, the chaos watery planet that we know as Earth and actually began to bring light and land and animals and eventually us. And see, it's informing us that we really begin to see God as creator because he's not only someone who wants to take all the chaos of the world and bring it into order, but he's also someone who, who wants to be in relationship. Um, he wants to be a father. And so he takes dust and he forms man. He forms Adam. And, and, and then from Adam, he also forms Eve. And so he's taking all these different elements and particles that aren't something and creating them into something. And not only is he creating human beings, but he's making us in his image. And see, this kind of means that, 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 that we look like him. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a baby before. I hope you have, or maybe you haven't been out in a while. I mean, we've spent a whole year kind of in the COVID world. Um, but, but if you see a baby, it, the interesting thing is that, uh, especially as they grow up and mature, and, and you begin to see them develop, um, if you know the parents, you see the parents through the kids. Like, they are in their image. That when people have kids, th their kids bear the image of their parents. They look like them. And in the same way, that's what God did specifically with us as humans, that we are unique from anything. That, that the God the Father, when he created all the world and took all this chaos and made it into order, um, he did something special with us where he decided to make us look like him. He decided to make us his kids. I have a friend who, who when they had a kid, um, they said their whole life changed. <laughs> That as they looked into the eyes of their son, they saw themselves. They saw their own image. Um, and before, as they lived, they were kind of selfish. Like, they kind of lived for themselves, do what they wanted. But, but when they had their kid, they then had someone that they were providing for and looking after. And, 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 and someone that they loved um, unconditionally. That there was nothing that their kid could do to make them love them any less. And there's nothing their kid could do to, to lose that image um, that, that had been implanted in them uh, to look like their dad. And see, the thing is that, that it's the same with God and us, that God formed us, each of us. And whether you believe this or not, that God actually specifically made you for a purpose, um, that, that, that he designed you, that you're not an accident, that you were actually formed and created to be here. And in the chaos of this world, God brought order and brought you. And that you are made in his image. And when he looks at you, he sees himself and he sees his son or his daughter who he loves and cares for more than anything else in the universe. So see, God, the Father, is not only um, our creator, but he's also our dad. And so I want you guys to discuss this. Why do you think that it's important to know God, the Father, as someone who loves to bring chaos into order, 
He loves to take the, the, the craziness of the world and actually bring it into something that's, that's useful and, and brought together. Why do you think he loves to do that? And then second, have you thought about how God intentionally created you to exist in his universe at this particular moment? Does realizing that change or affect the way that you see yourself and how you currently are living your life? And here's the thing about God the Father. So he is the creator of heaven and earth. He's the one who takes chaos and brings it into order. And so it doesn't just end at creation. As we know, the world isn't perfect anymore. Um, that God made the whole world perfect, but we, um, through our disobedience to him, we chose to turn our backs. And, and, and in doing so, we brought sin, death, sickness, all of these horrible things into the world. Um, and, and the thing about sin is that sin is kind of like chaos, where as we sin and go about our lives, we are actually undoing the creation that God has done, that, that, that we take this good and perfect thing that he's formed and we corrupt it and make it become disordered again. We bring it back into chaos. And so God the Father saw this. Um, he saw us in our sin. He saw us turn our backs and he saw us begin to unravel chaos on the earth and, and, and in ourselves. And God the Father is the one who, who actually brings order to that. that. That God the Father actually came up with a plan to take the chaos of sin and death and sickness in the world that we brought into it and bring it back into order, to bring it back into perfection, to bring it back to the way it was originally created to be. See, it's God the Father who appears before a guy named Abraham and tells Abraham, hey, uh, I, I'm going to, to give you lots of kids and, and I'm going to use you and your family to, to take the chaos of the world and bring it back in order, to take sin, death, and sickness and, and, and end it and be done with it. And see, that's what the whole Bible story is about. It's about following this family called Israel, Abraham's descendants, and, and seeing how God is using them to, to, to bring the chaos of this world back into order, back to the way it originally was. And so God promises Abraham that he's going to use him. God promises David that, that, that it's through his line that he's going to bring a king who will rule over sin, death, and sickness, and Satan, and the chaos of the world. And then it's God the Father who sends Jesus down to earth, and Jesus comes down, the Son, and, and dies on a cross, taking all of our sin, all of our chaos, all of our disorder into himself, paying for it with his own blood, and then rising again, beginning new creation that the Father has called him to. And, and, and now he has restored um, the chaos of this world back into order. And see, the reason why God the Father sets this plan into motion isn't just because he loves bringing chaos into order. It's actually because he loves us. And see, a loving father is something that is so hard for some of us to imagine. For some of us, it's easy. We have a dad who, who loves us and cares for us and, 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 and who is there for us. But, but for a lot of us, this whole idea of God as father is really hard because our earthly dad has really tainted the way that, that, that we see fathers. It's tainted the way that we see men in particular. And we go, you know what? I know fathers and, and, and they're abusive and manipulative and they abandon me and they don't care about me and they don't show up and they're actually kind of a bad thing in my life. So I don't know if I really like this idea of God as father. I don't know if I can trust him. And see, what I want to say to that is that you're right. Earthly fathers will let you down no matter how perfect they are. They will abandon you. They will potentially abuse you. They can mistreat you. And the thing is that there is something inside of us that knows that's wrong and that knows that there is actually a, a way that fathers are supposed to act. 
there's actually something they're supposed to do. And, and so when your father lets you down in the areas you know that they should be owning up to, you know that something wrong has happened. And see, my whole point with that is, is that you know what a father is supposed to be like. There's supposed to be someone who's dependable, reliable, is there for you, cares about you, is gentle, kind, patient, loves you unconditionally, and wants what's best for you. And see, all of those things are what God the Father is. He is not like our earthly parents who let us down and fail or, 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 or harm us. He is actually the ideal father, the father that we have in our brains as to what a father should actually be like. And that's who he is. He is a loving creator who cares about you, who, who, who when you mess up, he doesn't condemn you and come after you and, and, and want to just destroy you and punish you. No, he's, he, he is the person who sets forward a plan to actually redeem you, that, that he is the God who, who, who sees you in your mess and, and in your brokenness and how you're just a total screw up. And, and instead of just making fun of you, abandoning you, giving up on you, or hurting you, he cares about you, loves you, and he sacrifices himself to save you. See, the Apostles' Creed wants us to understand that God the Father is the creator, but he's also the loving father who cares about us, and we are his kids, and he is the perfect father, the one that our fathers could never be and the one who cares and loves us, and instead of punishing us in our mess and giving up on us, he actually sets forward a plan to save us, redeem us, and restore us back into perfection. And so I want to ask you guys this. Do you find it hard to relate to God as Father? Why or why not? Why do you think that God the Father chose to make a plan to save us when we sinned instead of just giving up on us? God the Father is our Father. Now, I know this is a shotgun blast of information, and we are not even close to diving into the depths of all the things that God the Father is. But the, at the end of the day, what the Apostles' Creed saw as most important, what they wanted us to understand, and what they saw as who Christians are, who Christians are, um, what, what our Instagram bio is for, for our faith, uh, what it is that we're about, it starts with God the Father. And the thing that every Christian follower of Jesus believes is this. It, it, it's that um, in the Trinity, there is God the Father, and he is our creator, and he is our loving father. And, and it feels like that, that is so simple for some of us. Um, but it's honestly really profound to think about, to recognize that God is actually someone who deeply cares about you and is your dad. Like, that's nuts. Um, and, and it's something that was essential to the early Christians, that, 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 that if you don't get this first part of God being the the father, the creator, and, and the person who, who set forward this plan of redemption, then you're really not going to understand Christianity. Because in order to actually understand um, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the church, you need to first understand that God the Father is our Father. And so why don't you guys take some time to pray with one another in your small group. Um, this is the first time you're meeting in person in a long time. Uh, so if you have extra time, feel free to hang out and chill and actually just talk. Um, but I really want you guys to take some time to pray for one another, especially now that we're in person. Um, it, it's something that we couldn't do before to actually hear one another and, and, and verbally pray in the same room together. So why don't you take some time to do that, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>